Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Dr. C, welcome to the show. Um, so I'm recording this on August 14th, 2023. Uh, and this is a show I'm sharing now was, it, it's a live show, Monday's in from August 7th, 2023, right before I got on a plane, a couple hours before I got on a plane to Alaska with my kids. And you'll notice like, if you're just a podcast listener now, um, cause this is just for the audio people um, on whatever platform you're on, you probably haven't heard from us in a minute um, because most of the stuff we've been doing has been travelogues. We were in Japan for two weeks. And so we did a big video about the experience there, a bunch of clips. Risa has pulled my um, lovely right-hand woman has pulled a bunch of clips um, and put them on YouTube. So mostly active on YouTube there. So you might've missed some of this stuff because it doesn't lend itself to audio because there are photos and videos that I share. So you can find all of that on our YouTube channel, which I highly recommend you check out um, and subscribe if you don't mind. And if you watch a video there, leave a comment, hit like, share the video. It really helps the algorithm because the YouTube algorithm, honestly, it hates me. It hates me for a couple of reasons. I, uh, there are probably a few reasons. I have almost 500,000 subscribers on YouTube, but um, they were mostly picked up during, you know, the 10 years prior and, you know, during COVID and stuff when I was talking about medical issues only and doing music video parodies and all that, which is all lovely and great and wonderful and an expression of myself at that point. But now I talk about this stuff and <laughs> this stuff, meaning that stuff is there, but also like the nature of what we are, our true nature realization, awakening, all these words that make no sense. Um, and the algorithm really is confused. It doesn't know who the audience is. It doesn't know who to show it to. And the people who need to see the videos may not be seeing the videos. So if you like any of this material, if you're on for this ride, in addition to our interviews and our medical stuff and our music videos, um, if you go leave a comment, if you subscribe and turn your notifications on, if you share the video, if you hit the like button, it really helps tell the algorithm, hey, these are the type of folks that are interested. And then some supernatural thing that even Google engineers don't understand happens and the video actually gets out there. So all that to say, I did this live video and I really prefer live because it allows you to open a hole in the universe and whatever comes out of your mouth, comes out of your mouth. Sometimes it sucks, sometimes it sucks less. And this one, uh, right before I got on this plane, by the way, there's a video on the Alaska experience, which was really amazing. Um, at Central Peninsula Hospital. You can check that out on YouTube too. Um, the Alaska thing was nuts, by the way. Like, oh, okay, that's another subject. So back to this. There was something happened where I just kind of dropped into whatever this is and stuff that came out of my mouth. I then watched some of it back because Risa put out some clips while I was traveling and I watched them and I was like, wow, whoever said that actually seems to make some sense to me. And Apparently it was me that said it. So that was surprising to me, <laughs> number one. So in this video, I was talking really about, I, I titled it The Unbearable Heaviness of Being Human. It's kind of play on the unbearable lightness of being and the author of which recently passed away. And so it was in my consciousness, I guess. But this idea that really the human life is unbearable from the human perspective. We don't bear the emotions that are hard. We don't bear the sense of unworthiness. We don't bear shame. We don't bear the feeling that we're never enough. 
And so we go out and we do all these things. We make up these stories. We retreat into thought and into imagination and into projection and into delusion and into war and into violence and into suffering and into degrading the planet and all the things that we love to do as humans because we can't bear what it feels like energetically to be us. Why? Because we're told we can't bear it, because we're conditioned, because we're never given the tools to understand our true nature that is infinity and can bear anything. So we talk about that. I talk about, does anything matter when you realize truth that everything is perfectly unfolding and you're not doing it? Well, so what is the duality within non-duality? We talk about why reality is actually always perfect and how this perfection is not perfection from the human sense of the word or the human perspective, but a different type of perfection. We talk about emotion and shadow work as an ongoing process during realization, that it just continues. You're gonna feel all the things that you were unable, unwilling, or projecting away from before. And then the question of who are you? What is our, your, this true nature? Why is there no awakening in the truest sense? Are there beings that awaken? Uh, we talk a little bit about the matrix, take comments from the audience, and then I end with the unexpected message and wisdom embedded within the Barbie movie. Not all the wokeness and stuff that the press loves to talk about and to polarize us with. I'm talking about the actual message that's there if you're sensitive. And so we talk about that. So without further ado, um, here is Monday Zen, the unbearable heaviness of being human. Please do me a favor and share the podcast, subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a review, it helps us a lot. And with that, here's me. <laughs> Hi everyone. It's been a minute since we did a YouTube live. The last one I did I think was in Nara, Japan with a bunch of deer. And you know, listen, chronic Lyme disease is not a joke. <laughs> I don't think they have Lyme disease or deer ticks, but uh, that was a beautiful experience. We're back now and uh, settling back into America and kind of your mind can't help but do the compare and contrast between how the Japanese live, how they value infrastructure like public transportation, easy access to really good food, emphasis over quality of food, over quantity of food, the integration of spirituality into daily life, um, and how, how we do it, which is, you know, you guys know how we do it here in the States and Canada and, you know, the UK and Australia, it's different. Um, so it's not that one is better or not better, it's just different. So you kind of see what kind of suits your particular body mind's predispositions. Um, Starin says, howdy, miss seeing you. I'm glad you're here. And I got your comments up here on the left. Heaviness of being, yes, says Carly. Yeah, that's what I titled this, and I'll tell you why I did that. It's, it's become increasingly clear from here as this whole thing called life unfolds and continues to unfold kind of radiantly only here and only now, and it only has become clear in that way only here and now, only recently, you know, if time is a thing. It's increasingly clear that the mere act, the mere instantiation of being a human is unbearable 
to the human. So from the standpoint of the human ego, the human mind, the process of thought and belief that create a story of us against the world, us separate from all that is, that's an appearance, that's a pattern of thought and belief and energy. Actually, it feels energetic. There's an energetic sense that you're here or here looking out at this, interacting with other entities. And from very young, society, our parents, the structures around us, our education system, our churches, our religions, everything, condition us in a way to further solidify those kind of thought-based beliefs and structures that we are separate, that our worth is somehow dependent on our relationship and value to others in some way, on our accomplishments, um, and that certain emotions and feelings are actually not good. And you should try to either control them, manipulate them, reframe them, escape, escape from them in imagination and story and fantasy and movies, um, escape from them in, in thoughts of what the future might be where those difficult feelings aren't there because of something that you, the separate entity, has done. And this is the standard operating system of humans for as long as humans have probably been humans, and maybe even before that, as they were proto-humans. And all of it occurs in reflective consciousness, in our sixth sense, thought. All of this is appearance in in awareness, in thought. And you can see that because all you have to do to notice that that's true is not believe me, but look into your mind, look into your current experience. Okay, who am I? Oh, I'm a you know, physician who makes YouTube videos. Okay, where, where is that? What is that? What is that idea? That's a thought. And when is that thought happening? Now. So where is this person who exists in space and time who has a story and so on? Can't find it. So the actual experience of reality is raw, it's intimate, it's immediate, it's without label, it's indescribable, it's beyond the descriptions, and it's only and always now, and only and already now. So it's always been like that. Because I would challenge you to find a time it hasn't been that. You can't find anything but now. Now, since we were young, what we've been taught is that these strong feelings, these emotions that arise, that often you can't even name because they're just this powerful energy. And then they, they kind of take a kind of a form when thought gets involved, like longing, loneliness, neediness, and then of course the usual anger and fear and restlessness, discomfort, this feeling that you're jumping out of your skin that if I don't do something right now, I'm just so uncomfortable, I can't not do something. I have to go act, go to the grocery store, go apply for that new job, go project a thought into the future of how I might do something that would prevent me from feeling this energy which I've been conditioned from when I was young to feel is bad, is not acceptable to feel. 
So I try everything I can not to. And it's not a comfortable energy. It's not an energy that fills you with bliss. So the mind wants to do something. The mind is trying to make you happy, make the organism happy. So it goes and seeks. It's always on a treadmill. Okay, what's the next thing that's gonna get this feeling to relax, this restlessness or this longing or this neediness or this discomfort, whatever it is, whatever the feeling is. And when I called this piece the unbearable heaviness of being, what I'm referring to is that, exactly that. When you just sit with your present moment experience, with being, instead of doing, just being, unless you're an advanced meditator or something, or highly, you know, whatever, you're, that's all a story too. What, what's actually gonna happen is strong feelings are gonna arise. Thoughts are gonna bombard you. It's gonna sound like a radio station, just somebody's turning the seek button, just, this is K-Boss, 23.6 on the, there's no 23.6, on the FM dial. And then the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and then switching bands to AM. And then you meditate a bit, and then it's just playing classical music. It's a, it's a much more mellow stream of thought, but it's still a stream of thought. And under that is this torrent of energy that you don't even know what to do with that we call emotion. And to the conditioned human mind, it is unbearable. It's un, absolutely intolerable to just be with that for the untrained mind that's been conditioned by, we should say it's been trained by human society. So what do we do? We go seek accomplishment, we go become a doctor or a nurse or a healthcare practitioner or a judge or a lawyer or an engineer or whatever. We try to make our parents happy, we try to make ourselves happy, we try to blame our parents for our unhappiness. It's just a constant hamster wheel of dissatisfaction, what the Buddha called dukkha, unsatisfactoriness. It's just baked into how the mind experiences presence. And the unbearable heaviness of being is just that. Now, so what, are we screwed? Like, is life just miserable? Are we born to suffer? Is that just what it is? And uh, that's the catch. We're not. <laughs> that's all through the lens of our conditioned mind. So what happens when the conditioned mind relaxes or it's reconditioned or it stops? And then there's just being, just this. And then that feeling that you were calling neediness or desperation or longing arises and it's felt where it is, which is in the body somewhere, maybe in the chest, maybe in the pit of the stomach, maybe behind the eyes, like you're about to cry or something. And you feel that. And instead of running into thought, into story, into belief, into deflection, into denial, into reframing, into therapy, into whatever, you just absolutely disappear into exactly that feeling. That's all there is in the universe. And it's seen clearly that it's absolutely innocent. There was nothing there to hurt you ever. There was really no you to be hurt. There's just the experience unfolding like clockwork and you're not doing it. That's the dirty secret is so much of our mind conditioning operates under the assumption that we can do something about this entire 
intolerable present moment. Intolerable. And I know in the comments there will be a hundred comments of, you don't know what intolerable is. I have chronic pain this. I have this. I've suffered this tragedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the human condition. It's all of us. What's the delusion in what you just said? And I will call it that because that's what it is. That's what Buddha called it. That's what Jesus pretty much called it. it. The great sages of all time have said one perennial wisdom, which is you, as you think you are, are not. There is no you there pulling strings. There's just experience. And the illusion that's created when consciousness presence, which is all there is, all that is, is here now as presence, experiencing itself. The illusion is because these radiant forms are self-experiencing, there's an illusion that they are separate and somehow causing the experience or the victim of the experience or the subject of the experience, and they are not. There's nobody home, as David Kars would say. There's just radiant experience. And you can say it's happening perfectly because it couldn't be other than it is. And nobody's doing it, so what's to change? Only when we hold ourselves apart, create and believe the illusion of separation, and then try to control it by jumping into the future, into the past, into trying to manipulate it, into, you know, therapying our way out of it. And listen, there's nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing long, wrong with improving the character in the dream. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not liberation. It's not what you're, it's not the deepest truth you're looking for. The deepest truth is the you that was looking was never there. And there's only perfect radiant thisness unfolding. That includes that feeling you were calling unbearable. That includes the feeling of neediness. And so then what happens? Then the character, the personality, that's not going anywhere. There's this illusion that somehow there's awakening, there's realization, there's liberation, and the character's gone, or somehow made perfect, or somehow beyond uh, the normal human bullshit that happens. No, <laughs> it's still there. It's just not taking, it's just the awareness that it is no longer takes it seriously. It's like watching a movie eating popcorn instead of watching the movie, thinking you're the movie, thinking it's real. And so there's a lightness. Now there's the almost unbearable lightness of being where it's all just so perfect, you just either laugh or cry, even when it's not perfect. And the way this shows up for me occasionally, it's kind of interesting. I'll be having a bad day. I'll be walking on my trail, like trying to, you know, and the thoughts are racing, like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Like in four hours, I've got to board a plane with my two kids to Alaska, and we're going to do a talk for Central Peninsula Hospital on Thursday, and there's going to be like 400 people there. And there, whenever I do talks, like there's always this feeling of like unworthiness, like, oh my gosh, I'm, they're flying me all the way to Alaska to do this talk on mental health and moral injury and health 3.0 and awakening and all of this. And I'm a total fraud. I'm an imposter. I don't even exist. <laughs> and so there's that kind of friction that the mind creates. Well, then I'll go take a walk and I'll be feeling all that. 
And then there's a realization like, <laughs> wow, so who's really feeling this? Where is this actually coming from and who's in control? And then you feel into the radiant stillness at the center of all of this, the indescribable beyond words, infinity that is never moving, has never changed, has never moved an inch since you've been born, since before your parents were born. It is your original face since before the big bang. That is what's radiating this. And the eye I thought was doing anything is just seen as an appearance, a movie on a screen. And I just break out laughing <laughs> and just filled with joy, the joy of knowing that really it doesn't matter. So what does that do? Does that make you a nihilist? Does that then make me not go and do the talk and not be so ecstatic and filled with infinite gratitude that I get to take my kids and we get to do this thing and we're gonna take videos and images and make sh a show about it and gonna get to connect with these wonderful people in rural, you know, Soldatna, Alaska and get to see Alaska, which we've never seen and all of that. And even beyond that, just the perfection of this, like, no, it's all made so much more imminent, so much more joyous and bearable, beyond bearable, it's just perfect. It's perfect. And then you just do the next thing. You just do the next thing that happens, happens, and you trust that it's okay. But that doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you, you become a slug. It means you just act spontaneously and all the thought and all the worry and all that, that can even show up, but it's not taken so heavily. And it just keeps falling away. It keeps falling out, shows up and it falls away. And it's not clinged to and it's not held. and. And this unbearable heaviness of being is only unbearable from the lens of the self, of the false sense of a separate self. There never was a self. <laughs> that's the thing, it's, it's the sense of separation that's the illusion. You could say, well, no, the self is an illusion. No, 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 there never was a self. Don't make a mistake. Don't delude yourself, yourself. And you can see that talking about it is hard because our language is designed for separate selves to communicate across distance subject and object of sentences. Just gotta work with what we're given. All right, comments. Um, it comes, it is, and then it falls away. Ashley, that's it. Dan says, hell no, you just do it and enjoy it, even though it doesn't matter. Exactly. It doesn't matter in any sense. And yet, like, okay, we just got back from two weeks in Japan. Did it matter that we were in Japan versus sitting here staring at my pants? No. But was it beautiful? Was it amazing? Was it joyous? Did I learn so much? Was it hot? Was it a struggle? Was it humid? Was it difficult with the language? All those things were true. Full on, without escape, perfect in your face. It was absolutely wonderful. And uh, that's just how it is. That's how it is. So, but, 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 make no mistake. <laughs> everything that we humans call bad, everything, every feeling, every trauma, every wound, everything is coming back to visit you. But the you that it's visiting is gonna be very different. That you is just seen as a pattern of energy and so is the trauma and the memory, but it's coming. So you don't, <laughs> you don't do any of this, but don't think, that this is easy, it's not. Everyone I talk to who's undergoing this kind of thing, this falling away, realization, awakening, whatever the words are that don't, can't point at this properly, 
um, they go through that and they continue to go through that. And when they think they're done with that, it comes back. Oh, I thought I did all this emotion work and shadow work and trauma stuff. Why does this still come up? Because the unbearable heaviness of being seen through the lens of the human mind, that stuff's always gonna arise. And the instant judgment will be bad, bad, bad until that relaxes and you are surrendered to what is. You can't do this. Surrender just happens. Energetically, it just happens. And there it is, just the trauma, just the wound, just the feeling, just the sense, just the neediness, just the longing, just the fear, just the desperation. And then the next thing, and it falls away in the next thing. And you're, there's no grasping, there's no clinging, there's none of that. Or if there's grasping and clinging, that's seen as grasping and clinging and that falls away. Innocent, it's innocent, of course. The human mind's gonna grasp and cling, that's what it does. What happens when you don't believe it anymore, when you don't take it literally anymore? It's a story. Ooh, I think they call that liberation. Infinite freedom in knowing that nothing really matters. So what happens? You show up fully as a human, fully. You can't not, there's nowhere to hide. You can't hide in story anymore. And that can be very hard, especially if there was a lot of trauma. There's a lot of trauma people have a really hard time because they have to go through all of that without the filters, without the ability to hide. So be prepared to curl up in a ball and cry all day or all week or all month. Oh, sign me up for that, says no one. This is not wantable by the human mind and yet it is liberation. This is why this would never be a very good religion, would it? The truth. The truth doesn't sell people. It doesn't sell books. It doesn't sell satsangs. It doesn't sell seminars. It doesn't sell clicks on my YouTube video, but it's true. It's the truth. And you know what? If you really, <laughs> when that's seen clearly, it's like Neo in the Matrix. Would he have taken back, would he want to go back in the matrix and experience it as through the human mind solely? The answer is hell no. Reality is so much more free, so much more real, so much more present and vivid and vibrant and unconditionally loving than anything you can imagine, even when it's seemingly unbearably hard, but it is bearable because there's no you to bear it. There's no you to be worthy. There's no Zubin to, you know, do the talk and feel like he didn't, wasn't worth whatever the, the expectations were. It's like, no, you just go and spontaneously and authentically be what you are in that moment. And it seems to work out. <laughs> it really does. It's perfect. Kathy says, the truth shall set you free. And that's a cliche, but guess what? It's not, it's exactly right. It's exactly right. The truth is liberation but it's not easy. It's not an easy truth. Otherwise we'd all be seeing it. Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode. It's Dr. Z. Just a quick pitch here. If you can just leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, it helps us a lot. I also wanna hear what you think about this episode when you're done listening. Hello at zdogmd.com. It's the best way for me to hear your voice because the emails come right to me. 
And we don't have a comment section on most podcast platforms. Maybe Spotify has one, but nobody else does. So it really gets your voice involved on episodes, especially that don't have a video. And the third thing is if you want to be a part of this community and support the show, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. You can join on YouTube, Locals, Facebook, Instagram. You get live videos with me where we're talking about these things in depth, uncensored, and your comments are fully incorporated as in real time. And then we do these Zoom meetings where it's really like a beautiful community where we share our experiences on the awakening journeyless journey. How are we gonna transform ourselves so we can transform healthcare and education and government? Because those systems are epiphenomena of us. Until we wake up, those systems will stay asleep. They'll, they're just an expression of our own delusion. So being a part of that, it supports this message so others can hear it. And it also allows for our own collective growth. So we need each other in that way. It's really, really, really tightly interwoven and interdependent. That's it. Back to your regular schedule, regularly scheduled show. All right, let's, let's scroll back through some of these comments. Um, Dan says the best religion in the world is having faith in the idea that everything will be all right in the end. God, no God, heaven, hell, doesn't matter. It'll all be all right in the end. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I even as a kid, I've always known that. And that's strange. And, you know, I can be pretty misanthropic. I really often find myself, I used to wonder why this was. I just don't like humans on some level, on a deep level. I, 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 they just seem crazy to me. And they, even, even myself, like my own mind, I would see it and go, this is madness. What is this? <laughs> Constant craving and seeking and aversion and desire and hatred and ignorance and all of it. It's so unsavory. And I would see that everywhere. You see it in the news, you see it in politics, you see it in people online, you see it in people offline. And yet, when you're fully present with another human, there's no greater joy. When they're just being them and you're being you. And that paradox is held. The paradox again is seen just through the human mind, it is a mess. There's always a problem. Seen through the absolute truth, the reality. That, all of this is radiantly unfolding always and eternally now from nowhere, from awake presence, there's no other word for it, that is the definition of unconditional love because it is all there is. So everything is it. Nothing is not it. Truth is here always in your face since you were your earliest memories and before that. It's always been like this. So all humans are just appearance in and as what you are. So how could it not be perfect? How could it not be beautiful? While at the same time, the judgmental aspect of the mind is like, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> That's the unbearable heaviness. And then there's the amazing radiant lightness of reality and they are not two. This is the other thing that becomes clear. There's no distinction between absolute truth and relative story. They're the same stuff, the same no stuff. You can't tease them apart. 
that's why, you know, in Zen, they'll basically say, yeah, enlightenment is this iPhone. It's that tree. It's, it's, it's just whatever is, including the delusion. So if there's anything to do, which by the way, again, who's doing it? Look for the one who's doing and notice that it's just a pattern of energy and thought going to thought. And then it gets a little scary because who's there making your decisions that you thought was yours? Who's there living your life? Who are you? What is seeing through your eyes? And, and it's easy to go, oh, light is coming to the retina, it's going to the brain, it's getting processed, it's generating in a complex neural network, something we don't yet understand, which is awareness, and this is me and the world separate. That's all story. All of that is thought, okay? Look in your experience. What is looking through your eyes right now? What's seeing through your eyes right now? Mm. The answer to this question is only and always in your experience right now when you look. When you surrender, you look in a surrendered way like, okay, I have no, anything that is a thought I'm letting go of. Any answer to this that's a thought I'm letting go of. Any answer to this that's a sensation I'm letting go of. So what is noticing the thought? What is noticing the sensation? What is the thought made of? Where is it happening? Where is this awareness? So many things can happen apparently when you inquire in that way. Sometimes it gets very quiet and thought can stop. Just stay right there. Sometimes the body can light up with energy. It can be uncomfortable or it can be blissful. So you might feel the whole body light up when you say, who's looking through my eyes and you look in experience. And any thoughts you go, that's a thought. Okay, let it go. Look, 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 look. Sometimes the body can feel like it lights up. None of that matters. You just keep looking. Notice it. There's a sensation. What's, what else is, what's noticing that? Where is that occurring? Can I find it? <laughs> Hmm. Risa, unpopular opinion. I actually like people. <laughs> so individually, I love people, actually. It's, um, it's what people do that I'm not a fan of because it's a reflection of my own internal delusion, sense of separation. That's what it is. So when that relaxes, it's unconditional love for all beings. That's beyond liking or disliking, beyond preference, beyond the dualities of that. It's, it's beyond all that. And then the weirdest piece arises, which is 
there are no people. <laughs> there are no entities, no separate beings. It's all appearance. So the liking and the disliking is more of the story. It's all just presence radiating perfectly. But a lot of good that'll do you when you got to go into work and do shit and all that. That's fine. Nothing wrong with living your life, but doing it knowingly, doing it awake instead of asleep. And these are just metaphors. There's no awake and asleep. <laughs> How could infinity wake up to itself? How could it ever have been asleep? It's all there is. That's why the whole thing about awakening is a tough one, man. It's more story, but we have to tell each other stories because how are we going to communicate? How are we going to point? Well, yeah, but there's no awakening because there's nobody to wake up. Well, this is consciousness knowing itself. Says who? That's a thought. Why would we apply any human structures to infinity? You can't. This is where these weird spiritual traditions and the idea that you can manifest stuff and the secret and all this, that's all great story, wonderful. Keep you fast asleep. Keep you in the dream, but smiling like you have control. <laughs> There's no you. There's nothing to control. That's liberation. When you no longer care about the question why, because it's seen so clearly that who's, who's asking? <laughs> All whys exist in thought, in story. Then there's just this. Then there's just truth staring you in the face, radiating, and you just start laughing. Barbara says, I like people too, even the apparent words of us, worst of us. I have so much love and compassion for us. Yeah, you're an advanced being, Barbara. You're an advanced being. Yeah. <laughs> and and these things can these things can be reframed too. Like you can see the best in people. That's all doable. That's the idea behind therapy and self-improvement and all that. And it's also inborn. A lot of it is how our personality is wired. Um, it's kind of like that. DVD Mon, uh, but didn't Neo get superpowers when he woke up <laughs> with a winky? Yeah, yeah, that's because that's a Hollywood ending. <laughs> the real ending, what would have happened in the Matrix is Neo would have had no desire it would have been clear that it doesn't matter awake or not awake, transform system, don't transform system. Because even the real world that he experienced is a story and it's all unfolding perfectly. And he would have just done the next thing that his body mind is conditioned to do, but he would have done it knowingly. There wouldn't have been stress there. He would have just been like, I guess this body mind is conditioned to Try to wake up people in the matrix and overthrow the robot overlords. I guess I'll do that then, but it doesn't really matter. There's no robot overlords. It's all a story. It's all thought. Nobody's really enslaved. It's just an illusion. And the suffering comes when the illusion is believed and suffering is just another appearance. So, okay. 
But that's not often how it shows up. Often the very actions of that neotype figure naturally show up in the world in a way that tends to promote clear seeing and people around, apparent beings around, and also reduce suffering. It's very hard to cause a lot of direct suffering. You can do it, but, and it's seen like, ah, oh, it really doesn't matter, but there's also no inclination to do that. So, and ever, since everybody's wired differently, they're gonna show up in a way that their original wiring kind of sends momentum towards. Um, so it's, it's really quite interesting. That's the sense that I get. Um, Jenny says, I'm glad I'm not the only person thinking about all of this. Yeah, only us big dorks do it, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, Jenny feels better now. That's good. Although my goal is not to make you feel better. It's to destroy you entirely. Destroy your entire worldview. Gone, poof, gone. Doesn't exist, never existed. Wasn't a thing. What's even talking to you now? What is this? <laughs> Where are these words coming from? No clue. Yeah. Some people are not ready or able or should hear that message. Honestly, that's why it's not often given. I no longer care. <laughs> I can only express the way that it expresses because I'm not planning any of this. I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. It's just words are coming out and this is what's coming out. So whatever this instrument is that's speaking from nowhere, from nothing, this is what it's saying. And historically, it's clear that this was not something that was clearly directly said. There are people on YouTube who say this quite directly, the non-dual kind of radical speakers, they'll say this kind of thing even more radically. Um, but it can be, it'll be perplexing to most people, disturbing to some, annoying to others, and it will in a very few cause just straight up destabilization because they're held together by a thread anyways. And now they're actually seeing the truth, but they don't have a strong enough ego structure to actually not just have it show up as a little chaos. And you know what? That's okay too. It's just how it's going to be. There's a, you know, there's, you know, consciousness is infinite and so are the ways that it shows up in the story. So I've decided I'm just gonna speak the way that, I, that whatever comes out of my mouth is how I'm gonna express about this because otherwise I don't wanna talk about it. There's nothing to say. Um, you know, there's no plan. Oh, you know, I'm gonna become a spiritual guru and I'm gonna do YouTube videos about awakening. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who wakes up? No, it's like I go live because I feel like it and there's a group of people that I know are here because they feel the same thing or they're feeling it or they're starting to like, what is this? And to this, that's just so awesome. So why not just open your mouth and see what comes out? It's kind of like that. Um, Jolene says, I saw a preview for a new Barbie movie and realized it's Barbie becoming woke. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this. Okay, so I saw the Barbie movie. And I thought it was about, you know, I thought too, oh, maybe that's what it is. It's like um, more of the, you know, Hollywood wokeness and blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was that. It was actually a pretty clear seeing in many ways. Yeah, they talk about the patriarchy and all that, but it's very tongue in cheek and it's not untrue. And 
what the movie was really about, actually, I'm so glad you brought this up, Jolene. What the movie was really about is what we're talking about now. Identity, self-worth, the unbearable heaviness of being. And I won't put spoilers in here for people who haven't seen it. My kids dragged me to see it and I was like, eh. it takes a lot to get me to go to the theater to see a movie. My kids were really, they're like, our friends say it's great. Like they were crying, all this stuff. I'm like, all right. So I go see it and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. Hollywood is packaged in a Hollywood blockbuster. Our deepest discomforts with being a human, with identity, with being a woman, with being a man, all of it. And they put it on the table in a fun comedy musical package with some action thrown in and with a beloved doll at the center of it and a lot of tongue in cheek pop culture stuff that goes with that. So they've taken a really difficult pill, which is you will never be happy when you seek validation outside of this present moment. As Ken says, I am Kenuff. And in the movie, the creator of Barbie says, this is not a spoiler, I don't think, but if you really don't wanna hear this, stop the video now. She says, why do we have ideas like Barbie and the patriarchy? Because we're so uncomfortable with what it is to be human, what it feels like to be a human, that we can't bear it. So we generate these ideas to send us off into some other place. That was very true, man. I was like, yep. And when Barbie comes and feels the full range of human emotions, instead of the plastic controlled repressed version that she had been conditioned and programmed by the maker as stereotype, stereotypical Barbie, she falls apart. She literally falls apart. She has fears of death, intrusive thoughts of death. She's sad, she's angry, she's violent, all the things. Because those are the raw energies that she'd been suppressing with story. I'm Barbie, everything's perfect. Every night is girl's night. <laughs> Serenish says, Barbie had me sobbing. Uh, she chose to feel exactly. I had to actually, it's funny in the theater, I, I did something I really shouldn't do, which is I suppressed my own um, emotion because uh, my kids were sitting right next to me. And I was like, they are never, there was a voice in my head that was like, these children will never let you live it down if you cry during the Barbie movie because they were joking about that and they're just gonna. So this little part of my personality was like, nah, they can't, I'm not gonna let them win. But inside I was like, oh man, this is all the feels because here she is, like completely raw, vulnerable, open, uh, feeling all the things. And Ken too, as dorky and stupid and stereotypical as he is, he's struggling with identity, he's struggling with validation seeking, he's struggling with self-worth, he's struggling with who he is. And in the end, it's like, you are who you are. It's like Popeye said, I am what I am. That's the wisest, it's all you need to know. <laughs> That's it. Hi, Renee. I think you're giving Hollywood too much credit. I, I, yeah, probably. It just inadvertently comes through. The perennial wisdom comes through in all art, in all science. It's all, because it's right there. And it's just, do you see it or not? They didn't intend that. They intended it as the usual sappy bullshit and that's fine with some comedy and a statement on the patriarchy, but that wasn't any of that.
Or maybe it was that and this. Who knows? I'm not so interested in those kind of things. Much more interested in this. Um, just Ken, anywhere else I'd be a 10. Exactly, Risa. <laughs> um, Brad says, it's nice to see people just enjoying something. Yeah, that that too. Like a billion dollars in revenue for that movie. Why? Because people are just like, hey, we're going back to the movies. We're going to watch this Barbie movie, have a good time. It's entertaining. It's got the usual nonsense. You know, but it's funny. Like we talk, all the woke stuff was in there, but it was kind of pretty tongue in cheek. Like you do get annoyed with the little Gen Zer who's like constantly correcting her mom's or dad's like a pro cultural appropriation and use of language and you know, so on. And you just kind of laugh at it and go, yeah, of course, kids are always going to feel that way. The parents are racist and stupid and backward. And that's just how it is. Every generation is the same. And now it's more institutionalized, sure. And yeah, there's language police and all that, but that's just, it's another blip in the consciousness radar. That'll, that too will pass. Don't take it too seriously unless they, they start enforcing that stuff and making laws about it. Then you go protest and say, there's a thing called free speech. I can call people whatever I want. Um, Diana says, I think emotions are closer to the surface now. Yeah, I think for many, which is a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's really it. The unbearable heaviness of being. Says who? Says a thought. What's unbearable? Who can't bear it? What's looking through your eyes? What's here right now that isn't a thought? Keep asking those questions until the questions themselves fall away, until there's silence, stillness, which was always here. The waves of thought relax and they still, and then you see the clarity of this ocean of awareness that was covered by the waves of thought. When those calm down, and yeah, maybe that's meditation, maybe that's inquiry, maybe that's sitting in nature, maybe that's prayer, Maybe that's chanting. Doesn't matter. It's the stillness at the heart of everything that is awakeness itself. Even when there's nothing to be awake to. <sighs> Looking at your comments. Lisa P., we always bear the unbearable. Yep, because yeah, we're not doing it. We don't surrender. We don't bear. Just bearing happens. Unbearableness occurs. That realization is freedom. Because anything's possible now and nothing really matters. Everything's gonna be okay, it's already okay. It's already okay. It's like when you wake up from a dream and you realize as bad as the dream was, everything was fine. In reality, nothing was happening. What a relief. All right, I guess I should go uh, pack. 
get my kids. We're going to have, um, it, it's going to be good. I'll be trying to do some live shows from the road, Anchorage down to Soldatna. We may get down to Homer if we can. Um, check out some moose, meese, mooses. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I better go. I got to go. I gotta, we got to leave for the airport at some point. Guys, I said I don't like people, and that's true. I don't like that aspect of humanity that behaves like delusion, and I never have. And I see it in myself, and I don't like it. It's, a, it's an aspect of, you could call it self-hatred, but there's nothing there. It's appearance. But then when you see people clearly for what's really there, which is radiant presence, perfection, then it's unconditional love. And you guys who've hung out, you know, hundred and odd, odd people that have hung out for all this time on a weekday, on a Monday, to explore this, your true nature, our true nature, this moment, like that's special. Like that makes me smile real big. It's a beautiful thing. So thank you. Um, And Sharon likes traveling vicariously with us. Yes, do it. And if you're really bored, check out our three hour and 20 minute Japan video. Every single day of the trip is in that video of two weeks. And uh, I made that video really for me because reliving all that, bringing it into presence again was just so wonderful that I couldn't stop. And the next thing I know, it's like hours have gone by. And so there it is. You can watch little segments. It's all time-stamped. Um, if you want to know more about Japan and that experience, especially the spiritual aspects, uh, yeah. Lisa knew what I meant when I talk about humans. Exactly, you know what I mean. Um, and Dan says, "Smile for the next fifteen minutes. If you see this, do it. Just trying to make your day better. Hey, why not? I'm doing it. All right, gang. I love you." And uh, let me see, I think I hit this button. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithms to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.